Yasmina is a graduate fellow here at ESA. She's engaged in doing a, TA, a PhD in the history department at, at Venice, University in Romania. Uh, she's writing her dissertation on anti-Semitism in the Romanian collective in, uh, imaginary in the 20th century. Cosmina's research uh, it deals with issues of oral histories and interviews, sociological inquiries, and classical history analysis, which is centered on issues of anti-Semitism, collective memory, and Jewish heritage in the Romanian context. Uh, she received her first degree, her BA in sociology, and her master's in Jewish studies at Fabrice Poignet. Okay. University. And uh, she's also working as a researcher at the Institute of Oral History in Cluj, in Romania. And, and I should say, her work on the history is very important. She's sort of uncovered historical facts about the uh, killings in Romania after the Holocaust officially ended, and that was uh, groundbreaking. And now she's moving to a slightly different topic today. It is about the, the present paper where I discuss some aspects of the campus anti-Zionism, trying to understand how this phenomenon overlaps anti-Semitism and uh, how it should be addressed. Is it, if it is a very present phenomenon and uh, as a translational one, like, uh, or maybe it's just a vocal or uh, therefore a marginal phenomenon. So I will discuss uh, both these uh, aspects and the, the layers. Uh, to show that it is a very symptomatic. I, I would like first to start discussing about uh, this uh, phenomenon as uh, very present at uh, the level of uh, European campus, but I will also make a parallel with what is going on at the level of the, in the United States and why it is a very different issue. But uh, what I would like to start about it is about, uh, it is, uh, about the Holocaust denial within the new lab. And, um, with uh, respect to this issue of Holocaust understanding within the new left, I would like to discuss how this resonates with the understanding of Holocaust in the Soviet Union. I strongly believe that uh, this phenomenon is underemphasized and it is very relevant to show uh, the parallels in, th in thinking and in uh, the totalitarian nature. And why it is so important to this parallel to be stressed? I do. So I do think that this understanding uh, is an important layer for assessing the present campus anti-Israeli attitude. First, I will talk about some aspects of the Soviet historiography. Except for the very first uh, post-war years, Soviet historiography tried to both nationalize and internationalize the Holocaust. Nationalization aimed at transforming Jewish victims into local national victims while internationalization was meant to emphasize that everyone could become a victim, a victim to the Nazi regime, and therefore that all people were uh, subjected to the Nazi murder. In the first case, for example, with respect to the, with respect to the nationalization of the victim at Majdanek, at Auschwitz, at Treblinka, on the monument, it was written that Polish citizen dies, and also others. And that was the case also for other countries, like, such as uh, Romania or Czechoslovakia. For example, in the case of Czechoslovakia, uh, the history textbooks, it was written that Auschwitz was created to accommodate Democrats from all over continent. So this, uh, it is a kind of misappropriation of the Holocaust, and this uh, Jewish uh, 
Jewish suffering is going into forgotten. And uh, this internationalization of the victim is equally a relevant phenomenon. This kind of struggle to try to argue that Holocaust has nothing to do with Jewishness, that everyone could be deported, even today, in the educational material of the Holocaust, there is this idea that there is a large split in this attitude that the Jews are deported, and every, not the Jews are deported, but everyone can be deported deported as uh, the Catholics tomorrow and the day after tomorrow uh, anyone. So everyone could, might become a victim and therefore all the Soviet nations were victims of the Nazis. So we may note here that the figure of the perpetrator is very clear. We still have in bear in mind that there is a Nazi figure of the perpetrator par, par excellence. And, uh, but the victim is diluted. Everyone can be, and this Jewish uh, suffering is misappropriated to the other, all the other nations, to the Poles, to the Romanians, to the Russian. Everyone could, it is a subject to the Nazi murder, to the perpetrator. So the understanding of Holocaust totally failed. As uh, the understanding of Holocaust being directed against the Jews or having something to, to, to do with the Jewishness. However, we may note today the same tendency today, but starting in the 1970s, this is more important to us as this subject. In the new left thinking, which is present since 1970s and 1980s, it depends if also we, if we stress more what is going on in Paris or what is going on in Germany. But I would say that uh, it, it has always been present, but uh, since 1980s became more vocal. That with respect to Holocaust, we should not stress Jewish matters. And it is arguing also against the uniqueness of the Holocaust and its Judeocentric character. These are very frequent, frequent, uh, frequent um, arguments towards uh, the, the same misappropriation of the Holocaust at the level of the new left. In the case of, for example, in the case of the Klaus Barbie trial in France, much is in France, much of the discussion was carried from the perspective of how should one today understand Holocaust? And there were many voices against the, this Judeocentric character of the Holocaust. There is the same internationalization of the victim, and talking about the Holocaust as just a, just a genocide. And uh, or, or uh, that Holocaust is not so important to be addressed as a subject, because uh, what is going on in Rwanda or Darfur, there are genocides and they are more important, and uh, there is nothing about unique or special to talk about Holocaust. And the same idea that everyone can become a victim. And it, 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 we do not have to stress the Jewish matters. So it comes to be seen as a, or, or as an European phenomenon with no larger relevance than a local one to be circumscribed in, to these European matters and uh, that now we should think more globally. It came to be seen, uh, it was seen like one face now new challenges and the relevance of Holocaust is too limited and too local. On the other hand, Holocaust was merely seen as a genocide, one of many others. Somehow related to this issue, Henry Rousseau, who is a, a French historian, he, and he wrote very important books on the syndrome Vichy and uh, the way the France uh, came to the came uh, to terms with their past and with, in the Second World War, and uh, other relevant books about uh, what happened with the Jews during the Second World War and after in its aftermath. He is uh, invited to this uh, Klaus Barbie trial, and. Uh, and he refused to go because uh, his uh, testimony as a, a historian would be just one of the many others. So it is this relativization that uh, what, when, you, when you are coming to the process of a Nazi collaborator, 
and to, to and you can show that it was uh, it was a persecution against the Jews. Your opinion is one to the other, so he declined this uh, invitation. Uh, so, so I would show that uh, now at the level of the new left, Holocaust is very much relativized and also its victims, and it's and as it is considered a genocide between many others. Um, so I would show that as a, as a uh, at the level of the new left stro strongly resonates with what was going on in the Soviet Union with keeping the image of the Nazi very strong and internationalizing the victim or the, what was called before the Jewish suffering. Therefore, the Palestinians uh, became the victims and the Jews became now the Nazis. Um, there is also, a, this misappropriation can be more easily can be pressed back in the level of the new, new left in 1968 when the Finkelkraut was noted. That in, in the May 1968 movement in, Fran in France, the students, the students were chanting. They began to chant, we are all German Jews, yet, I'm quoting, yet for all of the sincerity the demonstrators possessed, their indigna indignation tells only half the story. The improvised march was also a festival. Jewish identity was no longer for Jews alone. The event taking place put an end to such exclusivity. Every child of the post-war era could change places with the outsider and wear a yellow star. The role of the, of the just now belonged to whoever wished to assume it. The crowd felt justified in proclaiming its own exceptional status which largely explains the exuberant cheer of its members. So uh, again, we are stressed, I, I want to stress this uh, misappropriation of the Holocaust and the, the identifying with the victim, which was also going on at the left of, in, the, in the Soviet Union, just in the next years after the, so before 1968, was, go, was already going on in the Soviet Union, Union that, uh, the, that the Soviets, and, each country under the Soviet control was, were uh, trying to appropriate this Jewish suffering and to say that, uh, and to for, go into forgotten everything that has to do with the Jewishness. Symptomatic it, it is the case of the, uh, <coughs> the anti-fascist anti Jewish committee, committee in the Soviet period, which was documenting the Holocaust largely and they supposed to publish the Black Book of uh, Holocaust in the, just in the aftermath of the Second World War. But the uh, Soviet uh, figured out very easy in 1946 that there is no point to, to stress Jewish suffering and they could not appropriate anymore uh, the suffering. And the book appeared only in the United States with the documents on the Holocaust and on the Jewish suffering. And uh, therefore, the president of the, of the committee, Solomon Mikros, was, um, was killed. And uh, anything that uh, has to be as a Jewish committee or uh, anti-fascist has to do with the Jewishness was uh, forbidden in the United Union Soviet. And they and they, then they appropriated the status of victim, like uh, the worker, the working party, the working party, the working class. We were the ones who were the victims, and uh, all the Jewish concentration camps and extermination camps were uh, camps for the Democrats. So um, I would uh, I would say that this uh, this uh, tracing back what is going on now uh, what's starting to going on uh, at the level of new left 
pressing back in the Soviet Union, it is it would be very revealing to understand this ideology and uh, that there is a very important layer for in the discourse of anti in the anti-Israel discourse that is going on now at the new left in the new left campuses, and this is also a very uh, present phenomenon, and it is a transnational one. So if we want to assess this phenomenon, it will be no point to look to the, the what is going on on the, the California, at the University of California at Irvine, or to look at what is going on on the level of the Paris campuses, because this is the framework for the, the general understanding that it goes like more like a transnational uh, understanding. This transnational uh, kind of movement, I would. Uh, I would like to make a parallel here or to give you an insight into how to understand this transnational. With, uh, it was a theater play written, and written in 1959 by uh, Eugen Ionesco and entitled The Rhinoceros. The author imagined an absurdist scenario where people from a French little town, one by one, transformed themselves into rhinoceros. rhinoceros. The physical metamorph metamorphose, the rhinocerization, is a metaphor for a moral change of the subject as a result of ideological contamination. The play has its origin in the author experience as a student college in Bucharest in 1930s, when he had witnessed how his friends, one by one, were starting to see in the Jew the roots of the evil, and how one by one were turning into anti-Semites. Now we, we can witness the same, the same uh, mass ideology or the same ideological contamination at the level of campuses, when everyone is becoming an anti-Israeli. And uh, so there is this parallel with the mass metamorphosis that the, of the interwar students' movement that might be drawn today on the European campus at large. And uh, what, uh, what is it is, uh, what, what helps to figure out what this uh, European campus means? It's uh, like an imaginary place, which is uh, very present uh, starting with 2000, when the uh, European Union decided to the Lisbon Treaty that uh, there, there should be much, much more, in order to create a European identity, you, have to, you should uh, increase the mobility of the students at the level of higher university. So this, we have this phenomenon of, uh, of at the level of campuses because only at the, uh, in the high, at the, university level you have this uh, movement of changes and in this way the dissemination of these uh, new left ideas it's very easy to be done and um, there is a uh, there is another phenomenon that I, I would say that it is a very marginal one and even though it is more vocal uh, it is uh, what is going on when anti-Zionism overlaps anti-Zionism and uh, we can uh, it is unambiguous it is, I talk about the destruction of a Holocaust memorial display or the graffiti depicting the swastika that you could meet on the Paris campuses uh, or uh, it happened also in Romania or uh, to the, the same case of the California of, uh, University of California at Irving. And uh, also the, the a case in point is also the Middle East departments so when, uh, when the boycotts against the Israeli students are uh, very loud and of course you also talk about another particularities in the, at the level of the Great Britain. And uh, with respect to this, they are, uh, they are more marginal and uh, but very vocal. 
and uh, also at the Berkeley, but uh, I, I would say that what is, uh, I would say that, that they fail the understanding of assessing this phenomenon because they are so vocal and uh, they are so like uh, so uh, appropriated by uh, neo-Nazi groups or the, by the Islamist groups. And uh, it is under the legitimation of the idea that uh, they criti the critic of Israel is a legitimate posi position. So when uh, ADL or other um, institutions of monitoring anti-Semitism in Europe or in the uh, United States uh, try, to, try to monitor this phenomenon, so they are, um, they go only on, uh, only when uh, this discourse against uh, Jews are turning into effective assaults that can be documented, that can be numbered, and can be, can be proved. So because of this, I would say not to have uh, so, so much fascination with the data given by the ABL or which are numbers and uh, like any numbers who, who document uh, the violence, they are uh, underest they underestimate the, the violence because the violence has to be reported. You have you need to have uh, an education in order to report the fact as being a violent against you as a Jew. So uh, the, the fluctuation are not so important. But if we look to the numbers in general, generally speaking, we can note that on the also at the level of European campuses and also in the United States and the, it, it is so much talked about now the Canada case. It is an increase since uh, the second intifada. It, it is an increase in the, the in the violence against the Jews as uh, as the Jews because they uh, many times they are looked at like uh, like Israeli soldiers. Those who are Israeli soldiers. So um, one more. One more point I'd like to uh, make uh, with respect to the to this uh, new left antisemitism that uh, we can see this ambivalent uh, ambivalent attitudes towards the Jews that uh, like in the Soviet uh, again like in the Soviet uh, ideology there is the good Jew and the bad Jew. So uh, the good Jew means the one who is uh, who is not stressing his uh, Jewishness and who get rid of his Jewishness and or go against his Jewishness. And the one who is like the others, that started under Stalin and continued during the whole Soviet uh, communist so Soviet uh, period and after that, and uh, the same thing is going on now to the level of the new left. That the, Jew, the good Jew is the one who is against Israel, who is thinking like us, and the bad Jew is the Israeli one. And. Um, uh, <coughs> I think that uh, there is much literature, and many people talk here about this apartheid and uh, anti-apartheid movement, and uh, at the level of na the, the connection between the Nazi and Israeli and all this. So I will not stress this, but I just I will just want to I just want to mention that uh, all this uh, all this language we already have in the Soviet Union, and the Soviet Union started to represent the the Israeli as being an apartheid movement, the apartheid state, that being a, a colonial power and being an imperialist. So all this this language we have to trace to trace back to the Soviet Union, and after that to 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 note the danger and uh, and um, yeah, what this kind of ideology can mean. Thank you. So first question, how, how do you trace the link that the new left has ideologically, if you will, to the Soviet Union? What's the linkage and how does this spread into Western, Western European uh, kind of 
or political context? So you see, you see that there, there is a, the same kind of misappropriation, the way you see the victim and the way you see, for example, in the Holocaust, which is so symptomatic for the understanding, you see there is the kind, same kind of language and the same, same kind of misappropriation of the Holocaust. You have the Nazi figure and everyone, uh, like they, they seem to be like, we learned the lecture, the lesson, yeah, the Nazi are the perpetrator, but the, the victim can become anyone. It's not a matter of being Jew or not. So this is a, like a trying to... Is it, so is it 1960s at the war of 67? What, what, uh, what changes in Western Europe? Why does the Soviet anti-Semitism or Soviet uh, ideological influence enter into Western I think it is, generally speaking, there is a left thinking and uh, it, it would be hard to prove that first it was in Soviet and after that it was in the new left, but uh, it was, for, for sure there are migrations between these. You speak about the link, so I'm wondering, there are, you have to prove the link, how, how, yeah. do you, how do you prove the link? Because you mentioned that there is a link between the new left and the Soviet Union's anti-Semitism. Because, for example, in all the, in all, all the, monuments on the, at Auschwitz or monuments of the concentration and extermination camps and in the historiography of the Soviet, they are saying that, uh, they are not saying that the Jews were killed, but they are saying that the Poles were killed or the Russians were killed or the, the Democrats were killed. So they are saying, they, they say nothing about the Jews. And uh, the same it is when, I, I, this is what I try to show with Finkelkraut code, that when the students start uh, chanting in May 1968, we are all German Jews, it is the, the same kind of misappropriation. You are not the, the Jew. It is because, again, the Nazi perpetrator is a very strong figure, but the victim identity is that anyone can become. And this is very important to understand that not everyone can be, uh, anti-Semitism is not like, all the other, not just... So, so the 68 of watershed, the 68 has something happened in Western European societies and universities or in the intellectual community? In the, yes. Is uh, are you trying to point to something that... In the, uh, in the late possible? of 1960s, it is a time when, uh, when uh, the works of the Jewish survivors are published. The, and what uh, the Europe became more aware by, by what uh, meant to the, concept, the Holocaust period. Because at the beginning they are very concerned with uh, having a good face and showing that they were resistant to Nazi, for example, in France, in France and all over the Western Europe. They try to stress their uh, national proud that they were fighting against the evil. And after that, in 1960s, they are more, more, they became more sensitive to the Jewish suffering. And parallel with this, I would say there is also this kind of misappropriation because they became indeed such. It is. It is not like a bad intention because they became so aware by the Jewish suffering, they feel like they are more, they more empathize or with the victim, or identify themselves with the victim, or they are more likely to identify themselves like the, like the victim. But the other side of the effect is that they, they don't want to talk about the Jewishness anymore because they try to take only about the victimhood, and you have to address the Holocaust issue like being very Jewish about the Jewish suffering, and it was about the Jewish suffering. It was not about the Democrats. It was not about the good people. It was about the Jewish And just a final point for Michelle. Um, if you're looking at, and also if you're looking at anti-Semitism on university campuses in Western Europe and Northern mm -hmm. United States, um, you know, there's actually excellent uh, empirical research and reports that are being done that measure it and look at it and document it. So I think you should include 
conclusion of your study. And of course, I'll quote what Omar ago, but the thing I did with uh, Edward Kaplan on the, looking at what we called Israel bashing and classical anti-Semitism, actually we did 5,000 interviews in 10 European countries, so these things are measured. So, and also, you know, what is anti-Semitism and what is anti-Zionism and when does uh, crit critiques of Israel become, we call it Israel bashing or foreign hatred. So these things have to re really be defined clearly. Yeah. Because all criticism, of course, of Israel is Yes, yes. In your groups, you haven't mentioned the gypsies, the several million gypsies, <laughs> just playing devil's advocate the other way. And you know, in your country, Romania, how many, two million gypsies were Holocaust? At least two or three million gypsies? No, 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 no. Well, I've read several figures. I've read as high as three million. Yes, but, and along with the gypsies. There were uh, also people with uh, handicaps yeah. and the, yeah. there were the homosexuals, but, uh, but it was not uh, uh, I would still emphasize on the fact that the I still don't see that linkage where that uh, became so rapid, that, that, that change. The linkage? I still don't see the linkage. I mean, just superficially, but I mean, profound. This is a profound thing. Wait, getting, I'm kind of a leftist, and I don't really know why my fellow leftists have gone this route, because I haven't. And I have no, no feeling for it. So it's just a sort of a personal thing. Yeah, yeah. What's the sociological, historical, psychoanalytic? What what happened? Or what's happening? You show. Um, you seem to be suggesting that there are no other victims in history that are. I mean, I don't want to say equal, but that that we can use the concept of, of genocide to no. to describe. And I just want to point out, right? It, to be careful. Um, because I, I mean, I think obviously this is a major debate among historians about what Cambodia was, and I think there's an emergent consensus that Cambodia, yes, it was a genocide. Um, so these are very no, big no, yeah. debates. No, no, no. So. I'm not talking. I was not against the genocide. I was talking about talking about Holocaust, like just the genocide, to many others, and not so important. And there is something very specific about uh, Holocaust. And uh, right. okay. yeah, so. It, it is not just one genocide through, through the other, so we don't have to stress its importance, so we don't have to talk about it. It is, it is yeah. something. But I think identifying what, right, this still remains a very contentious um, area of philosophical and historical debate. I mean, because we don't have, uh, you know, coming up with typology of genocide even would be a useful uh, yeah. endeavor because, um, you know, I'm not sure that anyone has offered any precise definition yet of what makes the Jewish genocide then different from Cambodia genocide. I mean, I think there are ideas, philosophical ideas, but it's a very it's a complicated issue. It's not. <coughs> yeah, I mean, I think you have some thoughts on it. I would, I would say that what, it's, what it is so specific. So first of all, this uh, I, I want to say that uh, because of the visitor actions, this uh, trying to put it in the law, you make it like being a genocide and like creating a precedent and you can, it can happen again.
But when you are stressing from a morally point of view or from another, no, from another point of view, from, from another point of view, I would say that what is so specific about the Holocaust it is the scale that happened, the fact that all the Europeans were so civilized at that point that nobody did anything about it. Everyone was acknowledged what is going on. So nobody was uh, not even uh, throwing a bomb to, to explode the railway trace, you know? So this was very, that everyone was so silent and the scale of the genocide, the horrorcraft, the, well, same thing in Cambodia, everybody was pretty much silent. Yeah, but it was, uh, here it was at the European scale and here it proved that also the Catholicism, all the, all the Jews who, the church failed, in fact, because all the Jews who were converted were not recognized a conversion. So every every single person failed in, in, for the, at the level of Europe. It is not a, a matter of country inside of the country, because at this point, for example, also you can talk about the Romania that so, so many millions of people were killed in the communist period, but it was not the Holocaust. And of course, the differences in the ideology. Eh? If I may add that, um, that you see that you have a, the idea of a world conspiracy um, and uh, in the anti-Semitic ideology, you have this idea of a world conspiracy of uh, that, and, and so this leads to 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 the reaction that you um, yet you that, for example, in the Nazi time, uh, the Nazis were trying to to uh, be started a war against many countries because of their anti-Semitic beliefs. And so I think there's a major, um, major uh, difference to other ideologies. I, I mean, I, I just, I just suggest that this is a complicated and there's a very large historical debate over each of these. Um, it's very yeah. Yeah. Good. Hmm? I think it's simple. simple. No. I would suggest <laughs> yes. that where the Jews for 2,000 years had been victims. Now, in six days, they no longer were the victims. What rights do they have to be the victims? I mean, even the Jews themselves love to be thought of as victims. But here it was, they no longer had, no longer had to have the sympathy of other nations. Now, with, uh, great uh, publicity and uh, what have you, with the Arabs keeping those refugees in camps for now over 60 years and using them as pawns in their game against Israel, they've managed to attract the left. Whereas previously, we had them until we had the nerve, we had, you know, who were we to become victors? Thank you. I would say that also, to, to this understanding contributed a lot to the fact that uh, also in the Soviet space it was understood that the Nazi collaboration with the Zionist, this collaboration, oh. that it, the language is the same now that you, you need as well. On um, the uh, question of why there was a turning point in the 60s, maybe because of what you said, but I, I think another reason for the turning point is that the, the victims, the survivors of the Holocaust, were silent for quite a few decades after uh, the war. And then after the Eichmann trial, 
they began to speak up. And that was a big change. Uh, the second point I wanted to make is following up what you said. Um, I think one has to distinguish between the globalization, which you mentioned, the internationalization of the Holocaust, which was used in Eastern Europe and also in, in Germany to emphasize that a lot of people were killed and so on, not just Jews. And some of the monuments for the Holocaust were often not identified with Jews, Jews at all, just general. Uh, but that's different from the globalization of genocide, which is your point. And I agree with the point that I don't believe that the Holocaust is so unique. You have Rwanda, you have Cambodia, you have others, and Ben Kiernan here at the, I don't know if you're in touch with him, at the uh, here, who's trying to do a typology of genocide. Uh, I don't think we should claim that the Holocaust is a unique genocide. It's one of several. I mean, there are two different kinds of globalization. Yeah, yeah. One is legitimate and one is not. Yeah, about your first uh, point that uh, the Jews started talking about Holocaust only after Diamond, right? Uh, no, they started to, to, uh, to talk before. Also, Primo Levi published in the early 50s his books, but nobody was paying attention to him because nobody was, uh, was prepared to listen to the Jewish suffering because everyone was thinking that now we are the, 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 those who st stood here and who, ca who carried the war. We were those who were resi resistant to Nazi. So you are constructing a myth of, it was constructed a myth of resistance, of the national resistance, and no one wants to listen about the, the Jews who were so, just victims. Who, so, so people didn't listen to them, and only after that they became aware to, there were biographies. And I think just to follow up on what you said though too, I wrote a paper on, um, on the biotic people. These are the people of Newfoundland. A, an interesting name of a place, Newfoundland. They were indigenous people when the British came, and the, the last one died in 1829. Her name was Sawantowit, and she died of old age. The last one. The British completely annihilated the entire indigenous people of Newfoundland. And to this day, young children in Newfoundland, St. John's Newfoundland, go to a museum where the British kept immaculate records and put skeletons and artifacts on display and the kids go and they, they see this. And it's not dissimilar to some of the museums uh, that were being uh, created in Nazi Germany. There was, there was a history of this type of uh, uh, assembling of records and putting people on display and all, all that sort of thing. Um, so there are, I think there are similarities. There's uniqueness and difference, but there's also similarities. And my, I have one question to you. You said that you were speaking about the church failed and all this sort of building, you know, railroad tracks, that sort of thing. And you said Europe failed. And mm -hmm. Russia has failed at what? So they had this uh, very beautiful project of uh, Jewish emancipation and getting, getting out of, of, uh, of rational and alignment and everything. And uh, Holocaust was the point that everyone failed. It, it is not, I would say, not only Germany, but Germany, of course, Paris and Lens, because they put, but all the status apparatus of every state they were engaged with this. So I would say that the scale and the process is not just something about national. It is human. Or Darno? It was also a discussion very 
how can we write poetry about after all of it? And it, it is written this, but of course, I will, I will say that it was a very big failure, yes, this, uh, and this Zionist dream has very much to, has much to do with European failure. Constant failure because also people that they went to a bad Jew and uh, resentment to their emancipation and to, to the rights. So I just don't say that it is a marginal phenomenon of this. And uh, yeah, we, we were taking them out of the European were taking them out of the ghetto, they felt. I just want to say that the difference between the Holocaust and any other genocide is that those genocides were within one country, but one people, one, a government against its people, um, or one group against the other. Whereas this was a group of nations against one population. So it was a much broader, uh, in that sense, it was a much broader support for the genocide. Oh, the colonization of Africa and enslavement? Slavery trade? That was no, many European like countries engaged in... Mm -hmm. uh, but it was slave and not necessarily... It wasn't extermination. extermination. It was a systematic extermination of people. Actually, a great uh, paper that was given here by Kernan's uh, seminar was a young scholar Forget his name, who he left, he finished his PhD, was looking at Namibia, in which the Germans exterminated a million Namibians, and the, the soldiers that exterminated the, 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 the Namibian people went on to play very key roles in the role of the Nazi party and the SS and the army. So, there, I mean, yeah. there's one example of uh, training in Africa that contributed to the show up. Which one of the other countries? Besides Germany, there's one of the experimental Jews. Some collaborated, the Poles, the French, but they didn't really. Well, but they all participated. Nobody. They collaborated. They collaborated. Yeah. I mean, some of them were actually allies, and others just did nothing, which was just the same. It is now, I mean, this, whole, this definition of Holocaust now it is challenged. There is a there is a project led by the uh, professor here at Yale, uh, Timothy Snyder. And there is also uh, inquiries led by Prince uh, Dubois in France, but in Ukrainian. And they try to they show that, in fact, our understanding of Holocaust in the classical form, it is that of this this uh, camp of extermination. But in fact, there were only a few millions who died. On the, all the Soviet uh, soil, you have, in fact, uh, you have many mass murders which are not which are not, which are not documented yet. And because now, after 1990, uh, the documents are open to the public, you can, in fact, trace, trace that uh, another Holocaust, in fact, was taking place. And all of the, this uh, idea that the Germans, uh, with the Germans, the others just collaborate or said nothing, or were, it is like a myth, because it was a bad conscience, and the countries were not forced to come to terms with their past. It was something very comfortable, now we are the winners. But now, when you document this, you see that uh, Almost in their courtyard, it is uh, in their backyard. There is another mass grave because they like it is a case of Jan uh, Bawne of uh, in Poland when the neighbors turned against the neighbors, neighbors, and thousands of uh, Jew, of Jews were killed. 
We also have the case in Romania. I documented the Jewish mass grave after the war, but there is Abdulhamid at the Holocaust Memorial Museum belong at Washington, who is trying to uncover a Jewish mass grave of thousands of people, but he, because of the political pressure, it is not left because it is this deflection of Holocaust. No, Holocaust took place at all. This is the imaginary, the comfortable yeah. version. And not all over the So I'm sorry, we, we have to go, but I just want to, because we have to do the room actually 15 minutes ago. I just want to say a final note that was really thank you for all your papers. It was a pleasure that you were here this year. And, and one final word of wisdom, you know, all, um, that uh, all of your, I think your work, it's not easy work. And uh, I wish you success and perseverance because I'm sure you'll all become uh, you know, promising futures in the academy and keep at it. It's very important what you're all doing. So. Thank you.